Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. You're looking pretty good. It's Thanksgiving, right? Or tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Why don't we just all take one minute, and I just want you to, if you feel comfortable, would you just bow your head and just think of something you're thankful for? Just for a moment, just something you're thankful for. All right. You got it in your mind, that thing you're thankful for? That's from God. Everything we have is from the Lord. We're thankful to Him this morning. My title this morning is, Don't Be Foolish, Be Thankful. You know, the New Testament talks a lot about being thankful. But why? What's the danger if I am not thankful? In other words, so what? Why should I be thankful? Yeah, there might be a benefit to being thankful. We probably all know that. But what happens if I'm not thankful? Thanksgiving weekend, I know it's technically a, a secular holiday, but I think after this morning you'll, you'll realize that maybe this is a more important holiday or a season for Christians than we think. What if I told you that if you weren't thankful, you'd get stupider? (laughs) My original title for this sermon this morning was Don't Be Stupid, Be Thankful. But I kind of, when I saw it on paper for a few weeks, I was kind of like, ah, maybe that's not really appropriate for a, a Sunday morning. So I didn't call it that. I called it Don't Be Foolish, Be Thankful. Because the scripture today teaches that if we're not thankful, we will literally slide into futile, sinful thinking. And this foolishness can actually lead us further away from God. So we're going to take a look at the scripture again in a bit more detail and just read through it together. You're probably thinking, why on earth is Pastor Dave speaking from Romans chapter 1? on Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, this scripture actually paints a pretty dark and depressing picture of humanity. If you've read this passage before, you're familiar with it, it kind of paints this depressing downward spiral of of humanity. And it all begins with this rejection of God. This passage talks about how We should be aware of God and who he is just from the created world. But at some point in human history, mankind has rejected this. 
and we spiral downward into this depravity. And if you read this chapter, it's, it's pretty dark. Sexual sin, wickedness, murder, deceit, disobedience, without mercy, arrogant, etc. After rejecting God, mankind spirals downward into darkness. It's a depressing picture. But if you read this chapter carefully, the problem is not the sin that man falls into. The problem is that man is broken and rejects God, leading to this downward spiral. Man has chosen not to acknowledge God. And what I find fascinating and why I chose this passage today is one of the ways that we can reject God, one of the ways that mankind stops acknowledging God is we stop being thankful. Thankfulness is a way that we can connect to God. So let's look at this passage again. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. What truth is being suppressed? Let's keep reading. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So what truth is being suppressed? His eternal power and divine nature. Who he is. The scripture tells us that we should know who God is and what he is like just from observing the created world. You have to consciously reject seeing God and who he is from the created world. You have to choose not to notice. So I apologize this morning. You're going to all have to nerd out with me a little bit. All right. Is everyone comfortable this morning being a little nerdy? Can you say that out loud? I'm okay being a little nerdy. <laughs> All right? So this, 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 is, this is the stuff that I love. This is the stuff that I dream about. I should have been a science teacher, I think, because this stuff excites me. But I want to take a look this morning at maybe what Paul was talking about. What was Paul meaning when he said, you can see God in what's been created? So we're going to look at two parts of what's been created. We're going to look way out in space together, and we're going to look inside just a little bit. Because in both of those, you see this incredible, behind the scenes, behind the veil, is this incredible God who created it all. All right, be prepared. Let's become nerdy together. You ready? Okay. What if we could shrink our sun? We're going to scale down the universe so this golf ball is the sun. Okay about one and a half inches across. So we're going we're gonna to make a scale picture of the universe this morning, okay? So our sun and everything else has been shrunken down so that this, this is the sun, okay? One and a half inches across. So if we've shrunk down the universe, I'm sorry, communion table, I'm not trying to 
Here, I need some help. Can someone come hold this end? Mason, are you alert this morning? <laughs> All right, just hold that there. So if we scale down the universe, the Earth is going to be about this far away, about 13 feet away, okay? That's good, Mason, you can let go. So somewhere around here is the Earth. Now, I don't have, a, I don't have anything small enough to represent the Earth, but the Earth would be 0.137 inches in diameter. That's about a 64th of an inch. Anyone ever tried to measure a 64th? It's pretty small. I don't think I can make a, a dot small enough, but I will. You probably can't see that. I'm not even, that's probably too big, but that's kind of where the Earth would be in relation to the sun if we scaled things down. So I'd like someone to come up here and just draw yourself on this dot, <laughs> right? We're pretty small. I, I did the math, and we would be 0.000005 inches tall. So get, get an idea of how small you would be on this earth here, compared to the sun, compared to the distance. Do you feel small yet? Does it, isn't it amazing how big everything is out there? Incredible. So some more interesting things. I mean, I could, I could pick lots of things to talk about. Distance to the nearest sun in this scaled-down model. The nearest sun to us is a, is a star. The nearest star is called Alpha Centauri. In our scaled-down version of the universe, the nearest star to our sun is 1,100 kilometers. In the scaled-down version, you'd have to drive from Zurich to Minneapolis to get to Alpha Centauri. And that's the nearest sun, or the nearest star, rather. There are stars thousands and thousands of times farther away. There are suns, stars so far away, it takes thousands of years for the light from them to get to us. All right? And here's another one, another fact that blows my mind. There are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the earth. So the largest star that we know of has a really cool name. There's a star in our universe call, er, called Canis Majoris. Can everyone say Canis Majoris? Isn't it, what a great word, hey? In our scaled-down version of the universe, this is a massive star. I mean, this is mind-bogglingly massive. In our scaled-down universe, Canis Majoris would be 216 feet across. I measured from the, the back of the stage to the elevator this week. That's about, it's about 100 feet. Canis Majoris would swallow our universe. If we put Canis Majoris at the center of our solar system, it would swallow up most of the planets. It's so big. And that's just one. There's trillions and trillions of stars. The wonder of the cosmos should, will, should make all of us wonder, who is this God that did all this? You have to intentionally suppress that truth that God isn't, doesn't exist. So we've looked outward at the, the wonder of creation. 
And thanks to science, we can also begin to look inward at the, even just the human body. If you've ever studied the eye or, or the digestive system or the, or the wonder of the human mind, it's incredible what God has made. When I was in university, I did my undergraduate degree in biology, and, and I, I took a, a fourth-year course on the immune system. And I, I was fascinated by this course, but the professor, he, he talked all about evolution, and he kept saying over and over that he was an atheist. And I got to know this professor over the years, and I remember sitting in his office once, and we were talking about you know, one of the lessons, I think it was on the human eye or something, and, it, and I said to him, we were talking, and I said, studying the human body all these years and all the complexities, do you ever wonder if maybe there's a God behind all this? And I'll never forget this wise, old, highly educated man. I remember he took off his glasses, and he put them on his desk, and he literally did this. And he rubbed his face for a second. He looked up at me and he said, Dave, I think about it every day. You can't look at the created world and not see a God behind it. It's incredible what he's done. You have to intentionally suppress the truth. So what is Paul saying? He's Paul saying, by the wonder of what has been made, no man is without excuse. You will at the very least wonder who is this God who created, who is behind all of this. Creation should lead us to understand the, his eternal power and divine nature. But the writer of Romans, Paul, tells us, teaches us that man can and has rejected these self-evident truths. So this truth of who God is and what he is like gets suppressed. In verse 21, let's keep reading, it says, For although they knew God, so mankind, they know, you know there's a God. You know about him by what has been created. They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. How is this truth suppressed of who God is and what he's like? They don't give him glory and they're not thankful. And what happens when we're not thankful? We keep reading. Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. The, the truth gets suppressed by not glorifying God and by what I want to talk about for just a moment, by not being thankful. And the consequence of not being thankful, the consequence of suppressing this truth about God, futile thinking, darkened hearts, and foolishness. We don't need to look very far in our world today to see what happens to a, a people to a culture who rejects God. Our culture is spiraling into foolishness. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. Truth is mocked. We are spiraling into foolishness. 
And this foolishness leads to all kinds of sin and wickedness. And I'll just throw this out there because it's always interesting when I read it. You know, if you read this chapter sometime today or sometime this week, there's all kinds of sin in there and dark things that people do. But I always find it interesting, and it says gossip is included in the list. I always find that interesting. Because as Christians, sometimes we pick out certain sins that are the dark, evil ones that we valiantly fight against. And meanwhile, there's a few of them in that list, not just gossip, there's a few in that list that are in the church. I say that because sometimes we think these scriptures aren't for us. I think they're for us too. We can grow and we can learn. So the root problem is not the sin that is committed. It's a darker, deeper thing inside of us, a rejection of God. Because it seems that when we reject God, when we're not thankful, God kind of leaves us to ourselves and we're allowed to pursue whatever we think is best, driven by our own evil desires and wants. To me, this paints a terrifying picture that if I choose not to be thankful, if I choose to not see what can be seen, there is no excuse, because there's no excuse for that. There's no way that each of us can't be absolutely amazed at God and by what he has done. We must choose not to be thankful. And isn't there so much to be thankful for? I mean, if, if, if I just had you just stay here and sit for a minute and think, there is a lot to be thankful for. I'm not sure why, but, you know, we've had some hard things happen in our community, in our body. And there is a bit of a heaviness over this room this morning. Does anyone else kind of sense that? That's okay. I mean, there, there's times where we have to, to lament and, and be quiet. And I don't want to make light of what anyone is going through. Larry, I don't want to make light of what you're going through. But in spite of that, there is a lot to be thankful for. We have Jesus. Listen, we can gather together here this morning. I mean, hearing what's happening in other parts of the world, there's wars, there's, there's persecution. We need to be really thankful. We can gather and, and care for one another this morning and be here. We need to be thankful, guys. We need to let a little bit of joy kind of rise up. We can be thankful for so much. You know, I... I am bad, and the reason I think God wanted me to speak about this is that I, I'm, I'm not good at this. I can get busy. I can get distracted. I can get selfish. In fact, I want to share a little bit about our house journey. And I, I realize us finding a house on the scale of, you know, hard things to go through in life, looking for a house, the very fact that I can look for a house, I should just be happy. But I'll be honest. 
I was reading this week in, in Joshua, and, and the Israelites are crossing the Jordan. You know, it's this victorious moment. They've carried the ark halfway across, and the water parts, and they're marching with Joshua with strength and courage into the promised land, right? There's this victorious picture. And I thought, where am I right now in this story? Well, I'm actually sitting on the banks, wallowing in the mud. I've been, I'm serious, my prayer time lately has been whiny, has been tantrumy, has been like a little toddler praying to God who couldn't get what he wanted. And as I was reading that this week, I felt God say to me, I don't mean he spoke audibly into the room, but I could feel in my heart God say, Dave, pouting is not faith. You know what I had been doing or hadn't been doing? I stopped being thankful for what I had. I've got a wonderful house to live in. I'm part of a great church. I've got great kids. I've got a great family. I have so much to be thankful for. But what happens when we stop being thankful? We start getting selfish. We start getting inward focused. And what happens in this passage of Scripture that Paul, it's really a picture of all of humanity, but it can happen in our lives too, that when we stop being thankful, we stop seeing what God has done and what he's given us. What happens to us? You become a fool. Because I was, I was getting anxious. I was getting angry. I was getting resentful. I was getting jealous of other people who have bought the same house for like a tenth of the price a few years ago. And I was whining with God, well, why didn't you move us here sooner? I could have bought a really nice house and a lot less. <laughs> but I stopped being thankful. So God fades, fades out of the picture and I become the focus and I turn into a whining, conniving little brat. And as soon as I started being thankful again, everything shifted in my heart. God comes back into focus. His plan comes back into focus. And I love what you said this morning, Brian. I wanted to say, though, yeah, it's a whole lot easier when God's listening to what I want, though. <laughs> right? It's a whole lot easier to trust him if he would just listen to me. But that's not how it works. We're to be thankful. So I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Thankfulness is the spiritual life hack. If you're feeling distant from God, start being thankful. If you're feeling anxious about something, you can start to fight that by being thankful. If you're feeling overwhelmed by a situation in life, start being thankful. Because I think if the, if the fallout of not being thankful is foolishness and stupidity, what's going to happen as I start to be thankful? I think I'm going to start to have a little more wisdom, a little more clarity on what God's doing. Helps me get a, a, a sense of the big picture, that it's not all about me. There's a whole vast world that, that's out there. 
And one way we can be more thankful to make it easier on ourselves to do it, we just got to start seeing the world around us a bit more. I mean, we take it for granted sometimes, but just pause and look at the beautiful colors in the trees. Go pause and look up at the stars tonight or tomorrow if you can see them, if it's not too cloudy. Start just seeing what's around you. The people in your life, the family, the friends, even the things you own, the things that God has given you. We're not supposed to be stuck on, on material things, but I believe they're gifts from God. Thank you, God, that I can have this and use this. Thank you for blessing me. We just need to open our eyes a bit sometimes to see what God's done. So don't be foolish. Be thankful. Happy Thanksgiving. Can we close with a song, Greg? Yeah.